Welcome to the Life and Rhythm Podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God, with one another, for the good of others, in the valley as it is in heaven. Welcome to the Life in Rhythm Podcast. This is our first time we're trying to do a Zoom call podcast recording, and the first one is with my friend, Aaron Molesky, who lives in Northern Ireland. Welcome, Aaron. Ah, it's good to be here, Matt. Thank you so much. Can I get a little Irish accent on that? Oh, good to be here. You know, <laughs> you know unfortunately, I'm not great at accents, and uh, and two, yeah, yeah. Let's just, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. We'll just so. <laughs> So he has been uh, a dear brother for years and years. We did youth ministry together, and uh, that's right. Took short-term trips all over the world together, and mm. I just adore him. I adore his wife Tana. They're they're awesome kids, and uh, yeah. Rhythm actually officially we we've been partnering with them for almost two years now. Right. Uh, super proud right. of you guys. The work that you're doing in Northern Ireland, uh, you know, mm. just helping to revive prayer and helping churches to turn back to the Lord and get back to its roots. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you and Tana are up to? I mean, you're sitting in a house right now recording this podcast and that's pretty cool. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Where do you begin? Right. Well, first, Matt, just thanks. Thanks for having me, man. This is so much fun and uh, love you guys and proud of you guys. And, um, you know, I know we're going to get talking about prayer and stuff, but I'm just reminded of, um, even before the official launch, you know, you had Tan and I out to Arizona and we got to just wow. pray and intercede and worship for the, 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 the birthing of what you guys are, are stepping into now. And, uh, and so, bro, I just like, what a kindred spirit, bro. And again, thank you. And I just bless you guys and bless rhythm and, and everybody that listens to this, like, uh, you know, the, the foundations that were laid because of your heart for the Lord and even in the places of prayer and worship, man, they're, they're going to bear much fruit. And so Mesa, watch out, watch out. So, um, so what are we doing, man? I, that's a great question. What are we doing here? <laughs> what in are Northern you Island? up to? We, man, we're following Jesus. We're following the wild goose, right? We're, we're following the Holy Spirit on this, on this adventure. And, um, yeah, so we've been here almost two years now, and and we are here to, um, you know, big picture. We've said, man, we are here to contend for revival over this uh, nation. And I, I, another way that we say that now is kind of the Matthew 28 version of, you know, Jesus called us to disciple nations. And so we're trying to learn what does it mean to disciple a nation, uh, you know, and not just think individually, but think regionally and nationally. And so that's that's a fun one. But um, but we find ourselves here right now, uh, which, you know, everything with the Lord, you know, we we we, you know, uh, good, good leaders, good apostolic folk. We like to think broad and big, but but really. And I think this comes down to prayer, too. It really comes down to the everyday little decisions uh, that we walk in and, and that we do. And and uh, and so we find ourselves right now today in a house uh, that God has miraculously provided. There's a whole story behind that. Uh, and, and we're painting an old like manse or an old uh, parish, if you will. And uh, it's actually sitting on the grounds of where one of St. Patrick's 
disciples, his, his first generation of disciples, has a church. It's right out my window right now. I can see it. And uh, his name was St. Donard. Well, he goes by St. Donard now. But he established the church and work here back in the four or 500 A.D., uh, and, and this manse, if you will, is a part of that land. And so I'm sitting on some deep history here, bro. It's, yes. it's, it's an amazing thing. So so we're here just making this house ready for available for the Lord's work and redigging some old wells here. So yeah. that's that's what beautiful. we're up to today. <laughs> I love it. So the reason I was wanting to have Aaron on here today is because when I think about uh, disciple-making movements, and again, just a reminder that first and foremost, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. This is not something that we can do in our own grit, in our own strength. This is something that God is up to. He is building his church, and we get to be a part of it. And because of that, that's why we begin with prayer and fasting as one of the key elements of, well, how do we then participate in his building of the church, well, we've got to humble ourselves. And like the early disciples, you know, I think about Luke 11. I was thinking about that this morning when the disciples come to Jesus and, and they see him, you know, he, he says he was in a certain place praying. And as he finished, one of the disciples came up to him and says, Lord, will you teach us to pray? Like, That's it. Just as, just as the John the Baptist was teaching his disciples, would you teach us how to pray? And then he just simply says, yeah, just say, Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. And give us each the day we need, the food we need for today, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, and don't let us yield to temptation. And then he just talks about, he tells this parable where he says, uh, you know, if you want to know more about prayer, think about this. It's like a friend who knocks at the door, and they get what they want because they asked. Yeah, yeah. And I've always said, I think there are things in the kingdom of God, there's things in the kingdom life as apprentices of Jesus that we're going to get because we asked for them when we persisted in prayer. Yeah. And there's some things that we won't get just because mm -hmm. we didn't ask. That's and so I'm, I'm curious, Aaron, just from your perspective, you've, you've done ministry in America, you've now doing it in Northern Ireland. Um, what advice or maybe what wisdom is probably the better word that you share about somebody who's curious about, okay, I want to start doing this. I want to start praying. I want to ask Jesus, teach me how to pray. What are some good little baby steps for us to take personally? Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, one, you know, Jesus just, one of the greatest ways that we love Jesus is just by obedience and uh, it, it's one of the it's it's one of the greatest acts of love that we have. And so, you know, I, I, I don't think we can overstate that because what father doesn't love when a child just simply obeys and there's no other questions asked. They just do what what he what the father says or what the mother says, and that's it. And it's a beautiful just response of I trust you. I'm going to do what you said. And and so when it comes to prayer and and, and taking baby steps, like literally, it, it's it's trusting our our papa. And, and it's just, it's simply just doing it. And, and, you know, there's so, there's so many books and there's so many facets of prayer and, and there's all probably good nuggets and wisdom there. But, but honestly, for, for the, the, the greatest intercessors that have ever lived uh, down to those that have just started walking uh, as an apprentice with Jesus, I would say just first, just start out of an act of obedience, Come on. you know, just, just, yeah, just, just start there. And just do it because you want to love 
the Lord. And, 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 you know, sometimes when we just obey and do those things, we don't think of it as love because our idea of love is skewed sometimes. And, and there's an emotional kind of gushy side of it that we want to participate in. And I do believe that's accessible with our Father in heaven and with Jesus. I mean, he's our bridegroom and all that kind of stuff. But I believe foundationally, love is about commitment. Love is about obedience. Love is yeah. about those kinds of things. And so that one of the easiest things to do is just start asking the Father what you need. The second thing is, is not just asking the Father what you need, but ask the Father what the Father tells us to ask for. And what I mean by that, Matt, is just one of the things I found is one of the most powerful prayers that we can pray is just praying the word of God. It is the scripture itself, you know, and I was reminded and just reflecting upon this conversation today. And, and, you know, one of the things that we have done is um, something that we just, we snagged out of the Bible. And, and when it comes to prayer and, you know, back in the old Testament and during the law, when Moses was, was kind of communicating God's heart to the Israelite people, one of those things was write these things on your on frames of your door, right? Write the law, write, write the scripture right there. Write it and you know, put it on your head, write it on your arm. Like do all of these kinds of things so that the word of God is ever before you and that as you say it, you actually begin to pray it. And when you say it and when you pray it, you actually begin to believe it. And when you say it and pray it, when you actually begin to believe it, then it it, it transfers from this obedient place of logic all the way down to that seat of our emotions, our inner man. Yeah. And then it becomes, the, it, it begins to transform us. And so I, I just say, pray the word of God. Like if there is a certain scripture that you just love uh, and that, you know, it's one of those uh, life verses, Hey, this is my life verse. write it down, like put it in front of your face and pray it. And it doesn't have to be formal. Just talk about it with God, like, and dive into it. Of course, the scripture says to meditate on scripture, like, you know, and, 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 and commonly we're, we're, we're thinking about chewing on it like a cow would chew on cud and they just chew on it and chew on it and chew on it. Like sometimes I think prayer can be just that easy where we continue to say, you know, I, I don't know what, what, you know, what, uh, what's the Jeremiah passage. Everybody loves to, you know, for, I know the plans that he has for me right? <laughs> and, and the plans to prosper. Well, but, but, you know, we laugh about that, but that's the Lord's heart, especially to a, to a generation and a nation that is, is, is in a mess and, and isn't in a place where it's supposed to be, yeah. you know? And so he goes, listen, I know you're hurting right now, but I've got something for you. And so when we begin to pray those prayers and just simply go, Jesus, you said, yeah. father, you said, you've got good things in store for me. And, and when we pray those prayers, we actually begin to lean into them and live into them and live from those realities. And so pray the word of God and just be obedient and, 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 um, man, I think those are two really easy baby steps, but that, that's not just baby. That's mature level praying, praying the word yeah. of God is, is, is powerful. Yeah. I think that's one of those things you begin with and you continue on yeah. the rest of your life. Mm. I was just, I, uh, diving into Eugene Peterson, the guy who wrote the message, his biography that just came out, it's called a burning in my bones. And there's a story in the introduction of his son. Uh, when his son was little, his mom said, Hey, go get your dad. And he goes downstairs in the basement and he kind of creaks open the door a little bit. And he sees his dad in the basement on his knees, reciting the Psalms, just praying mm -hmm. the word of God over and over. And, and he said, I see him rocking back and forth in the candlelight. And 
and he's wrestling, he's wrestling with the Lord. And mm. when I think about all the, you know, spiritual giants like that, you, you kind of pull back the covers a little bit. And when you look at their life unveiled, it's obvious that they had a lot of habits like that. Mm. Um, and Dallas Willard would say, before I get out of bed, I, I pray Psalm 23 in the Lord's prayer. And he says, I pray it until I mean it. And I don't just recite. That's it. I pray it until I mean it. I really wrestle with it. And as Americans, I think that's sometimes hard because we're so individualistic. Sometimes it almost feels disingenuous to pray mm. word, like it's not our yeah. words. Um, but, you know, I would, I would just encourage everyone listening to this to think about when you wrote your wedding vows, if you're married, it wasn't disingenuous when you got up there and you recited your vows. It, it actually meant a lot more that you spent time writing that down. And how much more significant is the living, breathing word of God that you now speak back to your loving heavenly father and interact mm. with him. And I just think the Psalms is a great place to start. If you're wondering where to start, it's a good gymnasium to train mm -hmm. yourself in how to pray and how to be honest with God. If you want to see honesty, read through the 150 Psalms, <laughs> read through 150 <laughs> prayers that are just brutal, like Psalm 88 where it just ends. The song ends by saying, you know what? Darkness is my closest friend. Amen. That's it. That's all I have today. I feel dark. <laughs> so yeah, that's good, man. That's, that's really good. How about, how about with your kids? You know, sometimes people yeah. ask me, how do I train up my kids in a way that, that they love to pray, that they love to interact with the Lord? Cause as a youth pastor for so long, I had so many kids that would say, Man, I just feel like my parents are shoving their faith down my throat. You know, mm -hmm. I remember one specific conversation where a kid would say, man, I just hate praying with my dad because he would make me every day on the way to school in the car. He'd make me pray. Mm -hmm. and I remember talking with him being like, is it that he's making you? Is it the way that he's making you? Uh, I don't really understand, but I think everybody wrestles with that. How do I, yeah. how do I bring up my kids and, and stir up their affections for the Lord and for interacting with him in prayer. Yeah, man, that's a great question. And I, um, so when you figure it out, let me know. Um, because, <laughs> because no, so like, I guess for the, for the listeners, you know, we have a 17 year old and a 14 year old. And so, and they're, and they're about ready to, to, to have their birthdays here real soon. So we're about to have an 18 year old and a 15 year old in the house, which is crazy. And it's amazing. And it's good. But you know, here's, here's the thing, Matt, I think that we've learned in our journey is that a, like you said, it, uh, there was times that zeal would say, Hey, can, you're going to pray whether you feel like it right now or not. Cause I want you to pray. And, yeah. and hopefully that will do something to him. Right. Well, you know, th there's times for that. I, I, you know, I'm sure. But then when you put wisdom on top of zeal and, and then you, you begin to see them, with the way that God sees them. And then you understand that they have a specific sliver of the image of God in them that you and I don't have. And, and you begin to want to see that cultivated and, and that part of their identity released. Then it's like, it, I, I just go back to the simplicity of going, how did Jesus teach his disciples how to pray? You know, just as you referenced, the reason the disciples asked the Jesus that one question is because, uh, you know, we, well, you read between the lines a little bit in the scripture, but it's because they, they connected and watched Jesus pray and they connected his source of power, authority, the way in which he walked 
to his connection with prayer. And so I believe that's, that's why that is recorded in the Gospels as, as one of the main questions that they ask and that Jesus directly answers. It's because they had watched the example of Jesus' life lived and then saw the connection of that back to prayer. And so honestly, you know, again, we, our family hasn't got it right. But like, you know, uh, we just try to allow our kids to, uh, in some ways, individually cultivate a place of prayer in our family unit, but also on their own. And so we just we just tend to ask. And, and you know, one of the things that's so great about it and that I've been so encouraged by is that, like, I, like when my kids were younger, I would ask them to pray sometimes and they would. And I, and inside I'd be like, Oh man, they're not getting it right. Or they don't see God yet the way I want them to see him. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? But, but what I would find is that the way that they would pray and, and and even the the things that they would pray about was such a different perspective in their, and, and, and which showed me that they were already cultivating a place with the Lord. And so for me, I would just say, continue to create that space, you know, continually create space. Let your kids fumble through it just like you and I did. Let, let the kids burn for it. But at the same time, pray prayers as we started this off with. Ask the Father to give them a burning heart for Jesus and a burning heart for prayer. And when we ask, we'll receive that. Why? Because I know that's in accordance with the will of God, because God wants people that talk to him and talk back with him. You know what I mean? And so, again, I know that might sound overly simplistic, but at the end of the day, it, it's it's just it's cultivating that. I would also say this, like when there's things that arise, like we'll just stop and we'll go, hey, guys, it's time for us to pray right now because something just came up. And again, that shows them, hey, mom and dad have a priority level in prayer instead of just going, Oh crap! The the, the it all the, everything just hit the fan. Instead, we go. Oh crap! We need to go get on our knees real quick. And so we'll include them into those settings. Um, but then, like yesterday at Easter Passover, we just took time and took communion together as a family in our own house and cultivated that place of prayer. So I just hope our kids are catching. Yeah, or they're gonna catch. They're gonna catch a little bit of what we leave behind. And to me, then then they'll then then they'll be they'll be they'll be prayer warriors. You know. So, yeah, just two quick stories. Some of my favorite memories, just memories with my kids. The first is I can vividly remember rocking them as small babies and the prayer time with them. And that time was as I was rocking mm. them to sleep uh, in the quiet, dark room that usually is a nursery. Yeah. And sometimes singing over them, singing worship songs over them, sometimes just thanking the Lord for every part of them their ears, mm-hmm. their little toes, their, the smell of a baby, just everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so such a sweet memory of prayer with my kids. Yeah. And, uh, and then just throughout their life, if I've had a really bad day and I come into the house and, and one of my practices when I'm coming into my home at the end of the day is I like to pause in my car, in the driveway, turn off the car and just for five, 10 seconds, nothing long, just say, Lord, I don't want to give leftovers to my family tonight. I know I'm supposed to show up. I want to help Jen. I want to, I don't just want to do the dishes because I have to do the dishes. <laughs> I don't want to just do bath time because I got to do bath time. Help, help me to do this in the power of the spirit. And That's right. That's right. Help me to love them the way that you want me to love them. And there are That's days it. where I'll spend five or 10 seconds and I'm just still carrying the weight of the day. The stink of the mm-hmm. day is still on me. And I can just vividly remember walking in this has been multiple times 
even this year, and saying to my kids, my 10-year-old, my six-year-old, hey, dad's had a hard day. Would you, would you pray for me? Mm-hmm. They lay their little chubby six-year-old hands on me and just, you know, the simplest, like you're saying, simplest prayer ever. Yeah. God, just help my dad. That's and it. I have found so much strength and joy in being honest and vulnerable with my kids about how my prayer yep. life is a struggle. And it's not yep. automatic. It's not something that just happens mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Um, and so one of the, I think one of the greatest examples in history, I think I can dare to say that, of a man full of fire, full of prayer is St. Patrick. Sure. And so just being there in Northern Ireland, what have you learned mm-hmm. kind of the ethos and the culture of him as a missionary leader, as somebody who started a movement um, and mm-hmm. continued on for a long time? What, what are some of the things you and Tana, your wife, are wanting to bring yeah. into your own ministry that you learned from him as a prayer warrior? You know, I think um, it, some of it's a little bit of what we've already talked about, but, you know, even his calling, Patrick's calling, you know, um, for people that don't know, he he was in, he was not from Ireland. You know, he was what would be modern day Wales right now, and he was trafficked. Like he was trafficked as a kid, and um, and so as a young man, like 15, 16 years old, he was forced labor in Ireland, and, and that's when his prayer life was birthed, and that's when he got fiery for God. Well, you know, he had a miraculous escape and uh, went back home, and that's when in the place of prayer he had this encounter with Jesus and Jesus called him back to the land of the Irish. And, um, and, and I think that's important in, in to note to say uh, our mission should always be shaped and birthed out of a place of prayer. And, 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 and we, we, it's so, we live in such a time when there's so much noise, there's so much advice, there's so much going on that are each and every day. And it doesn't mean that you have to be a, a missionary to a different country. It's like getting up and you're a teacher or you're a, you know, you're a car mechanic or you're working as a barista at a local coffee shop or, or you're a CEO of a fortune 500 company. It doesn't matter. It's, 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 in, it's placing ourselves to envision with God every day in a place of prayer where we listen to the Holy spirit back and forth. And, and, but what we have to be ready for is the God to say anything that he wants to say. You know what I mean? And so for a guy like Patrick, that's what he did. I mean, if we put ourselves in his shoes for one second, I mean, the, the dude went back to the place he was enslaved and it was considered a, a, a pagan, like it would be like God calling, you know, I, I don't know, a Southern bell, you know, Southern Baptist, whatever kind of gal into the middle of a satanic cult to go and, you know, be a missionary. It, it's that kind of, where she was enslaved previously. Yeah. You know, it's that, kind, it's that kind of contrast, right? But, but, but here's the beautiful thing. So there's that element to it. But Patrick was just a man who, yes, he was a man of prayer. He was a man of, of, of power because he was a man of prayer. And, um, but what he did is he created rhythms and he had rhythms. And, um, and, uh, and those rhythms were left as a mark of a heritage all over this land. And, and not only over this land, but actually the rest of Europe, there's these old monastic sites that are littered with um, uh, the whispers of ancient stories of men and women who would 
you know, I, I love listening to the, some of these stories of, of Patrick's disciples who would stand in, in, in rivers and streams that were like almost freezing up to their armpits. And they would stand there at night because they've been praying all day and they didn't want to fall asleep. And so they would go and stand in these cold waters all night because they believed that in order to see a nation transformed, they had to keep up and stay through the washes of the night and continue to intercede on behalf of those who have yet to know Jesus. And, and all of these kinds of legacies, and there's so many crazy stories of just pure passion and pure like giving up of their own lives and their own sakes to see the, the power of God released through their lives for the sake of Jesus on a national level. So not only do you have stories like that, but then you have like literal like remnants of monasteries that tell stories of people that live together as family. They live together as community and, and, and they cultivated rhythms of prayer. And so they were hard workers, but they were like five times a day that they would come together. And there's actually a place, Matt, which when you come and visit me, which is going to be soon, hopefully. Come on. Uh, it, Amen. Right. It, it's called it's called the Nendrum Monastery. And it's one of my favorite places because there's a sundial that is that they uncovered there. And they were able to uncover some markings that talked about their rhythms of prayer during the day. And, and so they would go and work all day long and they would come back together and they would pray. Because again, they just realized if we go out our, throughout our day without being saturated in the presence of God, then we're going to miss the saturation of our work throughout the day because they believe that their work was uh, anointed, right? Their work was anointed to bring transformation. And what's amazing is this Nendra monastery, because they were people of prayer and they, they, they said, it's not by our power. It's, it's not by our strength, but it's by his spirit. As Zechariah, you know, four says they, they knew that they lived that they actually had advancements in, in, um, in engineering and in farming that were like, well, well beyond anywhere else in the world. And they were, so what was happening is God was giving them downloads because there were people of prayer, because there were people of the presence and they were having engineering feats that you can still now see today in title systems and all this other kind of stuff, because they said, you know what, instead of having to work 10, 12 hours a day and think that if I give myself to more work, more work, more work, I'm going to get more done. Actually, what they said is if I give myself repeatedly into the place of prayer, taking hours at a time, five hours a day sometimes to pray, they actually got more clarity from heaven in order to see transformation happen in the everyday life. And that's how they disciple the nation. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that translates or not, but like, you know, there's, there's a guy I listen to who's alive right now, you know, he's out in California. He's actually a British guy out there. And, 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 and he says it, he says it best. He goes, I, I always thought, uh, he goes, I'm a busy man. He oversees several ministries. He has a beautiful, um, beautifully anointed for the work of God. But he said, what I do now is he goes, I take my whole morning. I spend three hours a day in the place of prayer and worship. And he goes, I actually find that I get more done practically now that I've given myself to prayer and worship three hours, three to four hours a day than I did before when I was only doing about 30 minutes a day. But I think that's, that's where we have to, that's the invitation of the Lord. That's the invitation of the Lord. And, and again, you know, sometimes it's not about quantity, but Matt, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is, though. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's that's where we just have to find our place. And I, that's why I want to say that, because 
we have to, there, there's rhythms and there's, there's learning to, to, to have those conversations with the Lord all throughout the day. And I'm a big, big, you know, um, uh, what's the right word? I'm, that, that, that's important to me because I, I live most of my, my time like that. But, but for some people listening out there, God might be saying, and he might have a schedule for you that you can give yourself to longer periods of prayer. And you might find that you might get more done if, if you're allotted that kind of time. And even if you sacrifice a little bit more time. And so, again, but these are the wells that we're trying to tap back into. These are the wells of, of the ancients of, of this Celtic land who then you know, with, without going too far, much longer into the story, they were the ones that sent missionaries to the rest of Europe and saw the gospel taken there. And, and we are, we have the gospel today because of the Celtic missionaries and the Celtic monastic people that said primary importance above all is spending time in the presence of God in the place of prayer. And because of that, the gospel continually advances. Yeah. I, and I just want to reiterate, I know we've said this in past podcasts, but we talk about disciple making movements and being first and foremost, a work of the spirit. And then we say, Hey, this starts with prayer and fasting. Well, it doesn't just start with prayer and fasting. I really liked what you said there, that our mission is not just birthed from that place. It's shaped by that place. That's every right. Single day in every moment of every single day. And the Holy spirit will interrupt your work day. And if you continually trust that interruption and go with the Holy spirit, if you, if you're bold enough to raise your sails up, and really let go of the motorboat mentality of I'm going to control the speed mm-hmm. and the direction. And, and God, will you come along with me in the journey? If we let go of the motorboat and hoist up our sails and say, if you want me to sit dead in the water for three hours and just commune with you, I'm game for that. And, mm-hmm. and if you want to blow into my sails in whatever direction, that I'm game for that too. I know some of those Celtic missionaries, crazy, would get in a boat with no oars. Have you heard that? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, just take me, take me wherever you want me. So I, yeah. I just think there's kind of that, uh, that deep, deep abandoned trust. And for some of you listening, I know there's probably some people that are like, I could never do that. Uh, you know what? By human strength and by human power alone, you're probably right. You probably could never. That's right. That. Um, That's right. But I know businessmen, like guys who work nine to five jobs, who get up early who on their lunch break take that is their moment of prayer and recentering. Mm-hmm. Who on their way home in their drive recenter themselves on Christ and spend time in prayer and sing to the Lord on their drive home. I know guys who put their kids to bed and that's a part of their monastic rhythms. They that's a part of their day. And then when they send the kids a- to bed, they might spend an hour, two hours. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm going to a monastery this week because a friend of mine is a monk over in Florence, Arizona, and he's, he calls it clubbing with God. They pray from 1 to 5 a.m. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. Yeah, we go clubbing with God. He's a 33-year-old uh, Eastern Orthodox monk. And uh, so this last week I said, man, I would love to come pray with you guys. And he said, come on. So they're actually – Orthodox Easter isn't for another few weeks. And so we okay. are uh, – they're still in the season of Lent which means they pray from, I mean, 1 to 5 a.m. So we're going to pray this Thursday night. And and no part of me is like, ah, oh, man, I got to do that. I think once you enter into this life, you get to a place where like, I just want to spend time with my father. That's Extended it. time. Like I don't, I'm tired of fast food meals. I want a seven-course yeah. meal with wine pairings. I want <laughs> I want to delight myself in That's the it. Lord. And, and so, dude, I'm just, I'm grateful that, you're one of those guys that has modeled that for me, truthfully. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, 
and your wife, both of you guys, like Aaron said earlier, when Rhythm was first getting going, they flew here from Ireland and you guys led worship for us in our living room. And we prayed for hours, just listening on the Lord. Lord, what do you want? And uh, I remember coming out of that night with that song, Be Thou My Vision, as something that the Holy Spirit highlighted that night of Jesus. It's not just a phrase of something we want to accomplish. It's not about our vision. It's about what you have already accomplished and you are enough of our, the person of Jesus is enough. Yeah. So help us to fix our eyes on you. And so to that end, would you just pray for our people and anybody listening? Um, Yeah. Whatever comes to your heart and mind, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Father, we, uh, (laughs) we love you. We bless you. Uh, it is an absolute privilege to be called your sons and daughters. And um, uh, God, in the most simplistic way, but in the most meaningful way, um, just as the, the disciples asked Jesus, God, we ask you again, um, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. God, our desire sometimes doesn't match our practice. But, Father, we know, and and I'm going to pray a prayer right now out of Ephesians 3, because that's what's coming to my heart. Because Paul was was praying for the Ephesians church, and he said, I pray that you would be strengthened in your inner man so that you would be able to comprehend the love of Christ. And I think that's important because once we experience the love of God, Matt, as you were just saying, then then all we want to do is more and more spend more and more time with them. It's just like when we fall in love with a, a, a you know a, a spouse and, and and you're in those early days and the you just you're, you fell in love and, and all you want to do is spend more time with them. That's it's, it's the same thing with the Lord. It's like, but it's it's to a, a degree that doesn't even come close to any kind of love on this earth. And so, Father, I ask right now. I bow my knee <laughs> right now and ask for myself, ask for my brother, Matt. We ask for directly for our families. God, ask for the rhythm community. Ask for anyone that would, that would listen to this. God, that you would strengthen us in our inner man so that we would have the power to comprehend and experience the love that Jesus has for us. And in that place, God, would you then give us the grace of, of supplication? as one of the prophets says, the grace of prayer, the grace of intercession. It all starts with you. It all ends with you. And as we've said already, Father, in your presence, in this conversation today, it all ends with you. And it's not by our power. It's not by our might, but it's by your spirit. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to stir us, to be conversationalists with the divine, to be conversationalists with the God of this universe. Uh, in extended periods of time, and God, in conversation throughout the day. Holy Spirit, strengthen us. Open our ears. Open our ears so that we would hear your whispers throughout the day. And then give us the boldness and the courage and the faith to open our mouth back and just continue to tell you, God, what's on our heart, what's on our mind. And then, Lord, above and beyond all that, would you shape and mold our prayers to be like Jesus's because when Jesus prayed, he prayed according to your will every single time. And it's our desire to pray according to your will. So God, wherever we are in the journey, it's amazing. 
And we just ask for grace for that. But we also ask for grace to take one step further in our prayer lives. For the sake of Jesus and for the sake of the nations. Amen. Amen. Oh, Aaron, I love you, brother. Thank you. I love you too, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.